0: And gentlemen, hear them
1: pour! It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WYLK. Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to another.
2: Fantastic day here, WLK with the Beer Geeks. We're taking a look at another great brewery this week and uh, keeping it kind of local this week with Weyerbacher. Uh, we actually took a trip down there yesterday from Easton, Pennsylvania. we are talking to head brewer Chris Boston a little bit coming on uh, and just going over a lot of cool things they have going with the brewery with a lot of their beers. And we have a ton of them to work through today and uh, we have a skeleton crew to do it. It's just uh, myself and Matt from Massive Beer Reviews. Everybody's
3: uh, playing hooky, man. It's like summer out there.
2: Yeah, you got I know, It's ridiculous. <laughs> We got uh, Billy doing some family stuff, and George is out chasing the beers again. Chasing out. the beers. Yeah, we went on a trip out to, to Kane yesterday as well, and George is going back out today because I'll cover that a little bit in the news with going he's out there. George. That. Yeah, they had uh, a, a big <laughs> bottle release, and of course, George got his, so he has to go out and get that. Uh, but before we get into anything, I want to cover because we have a lot of beers, so I figured we'll mention one at the top. Uh, the first one we have now in our glass, this is kind of a, a rare one that Weyerbacher does. They, they do a thing called Jester's Choice, and they have different styles that kind of ranges through. And this one is. And Oktoberfest, Mertzen, uh, 6.2% ABV. Now, I am not one, I will say this right up front, I am not one for this style. It is one of my least favorite beer styles. I'm just not into the super malty, not a fan of that one too much. I'm not a big Marzen guy, but... This works. Yeah, and it's, actually, it's, it's nice and floral. The hops kind of cut through it enough that it's not overly, it's not a malt bomb.
3: It's, yeah, it's super earthy. It's almost like there's tea in there or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's how earthy it is. It's really nice. Yeah, it's just a really nice,
2: like herbal aroma and everything, which is a really good one. So definitely, if you find that one, grab it uh, before. Now, let's get into some beer news. Uh, now, McKellar announced this week there's been things kicking around and them talking about, it. if you're not familiar with the brewery, they are what's considered a gypsy brewery, which means they kind of brew it at whatever brewery they can find to slip stuff in and get it out there all over the world. They've been jumping around. They never really had a long-term goal of getting a brewery. At least that's what he's always said. But, uh, And I will butcher this man's name right now. Mikel borg So I'm probably just, I'm not... Uh the least bit Danish, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, that, that is the owner, of McKellar. He uh, entered into an agreement this week with uh, the Ale Smith Brewing Company out of San Diego, and they're going to be opening up a new brewery called McKellar Brewing San Diego. Now, both individuals are going to have a stake in that partnership, so it's going to be kind of a collaborative brewery, and they're going to be actually using Ailsmith's old 30 barrel system, to, which was producing about 15,000 barrels annually for them before they expanded. So, and they're actually going to keep some of the old original Ailsmith employees. So it's going to be a total collaboration with them.
3: It kind of makes sense. I'm pretty sure that um, I know. Well, I know McKellar has a West Coast Mm -hmm. brew pub, actually, and I think it's in San Diego. Um, so they are, uh, already have a presence there. I think there's a McKellar Tokyo. There's yeah, a, they have there's, a couple, yeah. There's a McKellar San Diego. So, I mean, much like his brother's brother's evil twin, yep, up there. And um, now he's like, he's another nomadic brewer, but now yeah. he's pretty much in Brooklyn, Brooklyn and yep. does all the stuff. So everybody settles down. Once you get old enough, you're like, okay, yeah. this is I jumping can, around. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Getting, getting old, getting old.
2: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where that one takes off. Uh, Now, one of the other things that's really cool that's going on in Russia, uh, American craft beer has been taking off very steadily. And craft beer sales have actually grown from barely registering about a decade ago to 12% of total Russian beer sales, according to a a beer journal over in that area, which is pretty incredible because it's like... You don't really think of uh, Russians as being, I don't want, okay, this is going to sound really offensive, but you don't really think of Russians as being super progressive
3: with a lot of this yeah. kind of stuff. They're very stuck in their own potato vodka way. And I don't mean that in an offensive way. No, I mean, you when we think of Russia, we think of a lot of Cold War stuff. We yeah. think of, you know, bread lines, stuff like that, uh, or dash cams nowadays. Yeah. But uh, it's <laughs> like, true. it's uh, it's it's interesting to see that that's happening. You know yeah. what I mean? That's awesome. And especially, it,
2: it's a, it specifically, is American craft beer. It's not craft beer in general specifically specifically is American craft beer taking off there. So despite our relations with the country, uh, they still enjoy our beer. Put you know, on the ritz. There you go. That's all, <laughs> that's all that matters. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention too, now this week, uh, you know, we've had Kane on the show a few times already and a great brewery. We all love them. They did a release this week of their A Night to End All Dawn, which was something we had when we had them on the last show. We had last year's batch. They did it this year. And it was interesting because it's, it's kind of the dynamic of where craft beer is now, which is kind of it's a difficult thing for people on the outside looking in to see this kind of entitled fanboy uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of taken off. Which unfortunately is where things go. Uh, they released a very limited amount of these bottles. This is a very limited release. They did it online, and you had a ton of people clamoring to get it. And I mean, basically, they were gone within two minutes. Not even seconds. Yeah, they, they, they were just instantly all swallowed up because people were just anxiously awaiting to get that, which is a great problem to have as a brewery, yeah. but it, it's unfortunate when you are sitting there and,
3: and you know there's more people that want to try your beer, but you are not at that level to produce that much. Yeah, I mean, you, I get it. A lot of people were kind of mad, mostly locals, because they feel like they are entitled. I mean, no one's really is entitled to anything except maybe the brewer and the, and the people that work there. But um, when you support a brewery for that long, you, you kind of feel like you should be able to get some. But it's, it's it, what are you going to do? Uh, they clamored for the ticket thing because people don't want to sit outside and wait in line. So yeah. when they clamor for the ticket thing, they did online tickets for this release. And then people don't get their beer, then now it's a crap system. So yeah. it's kind of like you can't please everybody all the time. And they did the best they could. They still have bottles available. They're doing actually now they switched. Uh, they did 4,000 bottles, I believe, on the, on the Internet release. But it was, you could buy up to eight at a time. So it was only really like four or 500. Yeah. Basically 500 purchases. Purchases. So, uh, but they're doing uh, up until next week, I think they're doing a lottery system where you can just email them. And then you get put into a system, and if you win it, then you go down and pick up your beer. Yeah, so. it's
2: like you have to be able to find some fair way, and realistically, that is probably the fairest right now, because you, you can't say, oh, well, this one's low. You, and then no one's sitting there picking apart, like, where things are like that. I don't know when people get that idea of, like, no one has the time to do that. No. And as a brewer, like, all you want to do is ensure that someone gets your beer. So if you're going to say no to someone, then you know that's whether someone else is there to step in and take it it's like you're not going to turn away money and that's, yeah. that's the
3: whole thing so but I mean, I'm, I mean it's very great to see them taking off and, and and you even said I mean we went down there about a month ago but you went there yesterday and you, could, you mentioned off show yeah you know how Michael reacted to it like you know he's you know losing yeah, a little it, bit of sleep over because yeah. he, he actually cares. Yeah. He's a super cool dude so you know that he's not trying to pull anything over on people yeah. just trying to make people happy.
2: Yeah and it's it's great beer and if you got some congratulations uh, and if you want to share it we're here. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> alright let's cover some <laughs> some new beers. Uh, we have uh, now we had Noda on uh, last week a Great Brewery they just released their Hoppy Holidays which is another you know it's going to be another great beer another great brewery everything we have from them was incredible. Uh, Avery announced this year this week that they're going to be Releasing now It's going to be A year round Which is a very rare thing to see this, but they're going to have a vanilla bean stout that is aged in bourbon barrels. It's going to be a year-round release for them. Really? Yeah, which you usually do not see year-round releases for a lot of big bourbon barrel-aged beers because nah. that, that's a tough one to commit to.
3: But I mean, I mean, it's Avery. Yeah. You look at the Mount Rushmore barrel-aging
2: programs, they're on yeah, there. Yeah, they're right up there.
3: Uh, and Anchor
2: announced that the, this week they uh, are going to be having their Go West IPA. A bottle and can potential is going to be coming out in 2016. So they're going to be getting more into some IPAs. And that is the brewery that pretty much Initiated the whole IPA craze back yeah. in the day with Liberty Hill. So... It's good to see them continuing to keep going. They're not resting on any kind of laurels, if you will. So, I mean, it, there's just a lot of really cool things going on. This is the, one of the best times of year, too, in the winter. You have so many great beers that are coming out and just getting everything prepped for what's to come, which is eventually cold weather, but not for us right now since it's uh, a balmy, I don't know, was it, 100 outside? Yeah, something like that. It's, <laughs> yeah, definitely, it's it, like it, the surface it. of the sun. Yeah, it's 162, <laughs> 162 degrees. That's two, what, yeah. it, it's just like a ridiculous thing going on right now, but anyway, <laughs> this isn't the weather show. Uh, we have another beer for Weyerbacher, we were just cracked open. Now this is their Tart Nouveau, a relatively new one. Came out 2013. Uh, it is a session sour, which is nice to see that you know because we've talked about that here uh, numerous times. With a lot of American breweries, love to do big, big beers, especially even if it's a style that doesn't really necessarily require it to be as big. Uh, but this is a 3.9% IBU. Oh yeah, ABV. Uh, just super easy drinking. Behave was really nice. Tart qualities to it is definitively a sour, but it's
3: really approachable. And at 3.9, I mean, it's. I love this beer. Yeah, Like I'm not a huge sour guy, but this beer, I mean, it does it for me. It's, it's so easily drinkable. It's super crisp. It's almost like yeah. summer-like and yeah. how you drink, uh, how you can drink it. And um, yeah, I'm, I was a fan of this when it first came out. It would be a really good beer. To have with like a salad, if you're
2: going to have like a nice little afternoon lunch salad, and you still want to have a drink, and sometimes you don't want to have a, a big stout with a salad because it just that's not a good combination whatsoever. <laughs> um, this would be a really nice one with that, just like this really crisp light flavors to it, and have these subtle sour qualities. And this is definitely an approachable sour that, if if it's something you've been looking to get into, because that's it's a style that you know is kind of I don't want to say nothing's going to. I mean, as much as some. Some people may complain, I don't think anything's going to really replace the IPA as far as the popular beer style and craft beer. But sours have really been taking off a lot in the past years, and we've had breweries on like Rare Barrel recently talking about that. And this is definitely one, though, that is an approachable one to get into the style with.
3: Yeah, the only thing that's going to replace the IPA is people, the conversation of people trying to find something to replace an IPA. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 that, that's been the long
2: point. And it's funny to see that, too, because when sours started taking off, that was the the murmuring you started to hear a lot from people was that, oh, the sours are going to be replacing the IPA. And it's like, hey, I don't see that happening. One, because it's not as
3: approachable to everybody. Yeah, it's too niche it's, yeah. it's It's not for... for- Everybody, you know, not that IPAs for everybody, but there's it's got a wider net. Yeah, that that's
2: the thing because I mean, when you, especially with you know sours, it, it's not as you know IPA. You have standard IPA, double, and now people are tagging the triple IPA. You know, there's this beefing up each time when you read that label. Sour is just kind of American Wild Ale you don't see Imperial, and I'm sure you will soon, yeah. <laughs> you don't really see th- these huge ones like that.
3: There's there's levels and variants to Sours, just the way there are in IPAs, but there's a much wider range of IPAs. You know, you have your East and western variants in between those, you got your new New England style IPAs, super juicy ones, you have all these new hop varieties coming out all the time. With Sours, not to say there's not nuance, there's incredible nuance, but... It's, there's not, it's not as wide, yeah. I guess you'd say.
2: Yeah, it, it's, and it, the main reason is because of what you're dealing with. I mean, you're, you're dealing with bacteria. You're dealing with something that's not just like, oh, a different hop varietal. Like, a lot of these bacteria are kind of similar in the profile, and then when you start adding things into it, it doesn't react the same way as it does with other, like, beers. If you're putting chocolate into beer, like, it's going to come through. with sour stuff. That bacteria tends to, like, eat up a lot of the things, including that flavor that you want to have in there, which makes it a little dangerous to kind of work with, and it's tougher to put other ingredients in. So a lot of them tend to fall in the same flavor range, I guess, if you want to put it that way. But, I mean, they're they're really good. They're, this is a great one. that's like super approachable. And that's the, the main thing with this is you want something that's super approachable for people. And this would be one I would tell if someone was looking to get into the sour beer style, I would definitely try this one. And it's, you know, at 3.92, you can still get stuff done if you're having this, which yes. is kind of a tough thing with some beers because you want to get something done. And at this kind of you know, you get them beefed up that much. You're not getting too much done after you have a couple. No. Whereas this one, you can kind of sit back and relax a little bit. And this would be, you know, especially with the weather we're having right now, locally, I'll say, uh, it'd be a great one to have today and get some stuff done outside. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying to get some stuff <laughs> written while I'm, I'm trying to talk. It's fun to talk and write at the same time. You're, I don't know how people's brains do things like this, Yep. but, uh, no, We'll we'll take a break right now, and we'll come back, and uh, hopefully we're going to get Chris Wilson on the phone with us to join us and talk about everything going on at the brewery. But for right now, we're going to take a break here on the Beer Geeks WLK, and we'll be back soon.
4: Colbert and Grievous, your experienced local choice for elder law. Here's Brenda. Did you know that the average cost of nursing home care in Pennsylvania is over $100,000 a year and that there are ways to protect your home and life savings from these devastating costs? We don't believe in cookie cutter planning. We give our clients custom tailored recommendations and there is no charge for our first meeting. Colbert and Grievous, certified elder law attorneys. Call 570-299-7909 or visit elderlawnepa.com. Com. Hi, this is Tom Greco. All those great memories of our high school years in the 70s. And of course, the Fox Box and Genetis. This year's New Year's Eve celebration at Genetis is a Fox Box reunion. DJ Scott Stevens spinning all the hits. And with the incredible poets. Come out join the gang. Call 825-6477 for reservations. See you there. Holiday Office Pass at Gennetti's for everyone. Open house. It's a blast and what a deal. It keeps getting bigger. Friday, December 18th, whether it's 2 or 42. There's Oyster Dining by Station's Open Bar 7 to Midnight. Enjoy Millennium and DJ Scott Stevens and a karaoke contest. Call 825-6477. at Rittenhouse Entertainment Event.
1: Built for business. Comcast Business is offering 25 megabits per second internet from $69.95 a month. That means if you're still using Slow DSL from the phone company, you have a decision to make. Do you switch to Comcast Business and get more speed for faster downloads or stick with Slow DSL and watch your business stutter from slow speeds? Do you get internet that stays fast when other people are online or keep using Slow DSL and have your employees struggle with lag time? The choice is yours. Switch to Comcast Business and get 25 megabits per second of fast, reliable internet from just $69.95 a month or stick with Slow DSL and get slower speeds and more downtime at work. Make the smarter choice. Ditch slow DSL and switch today. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer ends 123115.
4: Restrictions apply. Two-year contract and subscription to Comcast Business Voice and Business TV required. Equipment, taxes and
0: fees extra. It's the 2015 end of year clearance event going on now. Buy any new or pre-owned from Dixon City Hyundai and make no payment till March 2016. And check this out for the first 50 cars sold in this event. Receive a $500 gift card for your holiday shopping. Courtesy of the number one volume Hyundai dealer in Northeast PA, Dixon City Hyundai. New 2016 Hyundai Elantra SE. Lease for only $119 per month. Or the all new redesigned 2016 Hyundai Tucson. $239 per month. Save up to $7,000. And zero down delivers on all new 2015 and 2016 Hyundais with 0% financing and a $500 gift. Happy Holidays! Dixon City wants your tray. Regardless of balance over or condition. Pre-owned payments from 99 a month with as little as $29 down. It's the 2015 year-end clearance event going on now, only at Dixon. Dixon. Dixon City Hyundai. 81 to exit 191A. Just past the Viewmont Mall on the left. Call one 800 Hyundai. All leases, 36 months, 12,000 miles per year. nineteen ninety-nine Do it due at signing. Tax and tax extra. All rebates to dealer. You can check out all the details at DixonCityHunday.com. Ah.
2: Uh. Got it all sorted out. Don't panic. Yay. Just let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> so we we're back here on the Beer Geeks. Got some more great beer to work through. But as we go with every week, we have another great interview. And this week, we're going to be talking with the head brewer from Weyerbacher. We have on the phone with us, Mr. Chris Wilson. Chris, how are you doing today, bud?
5: I'm doing just great. How are you
2: guys doing? Oh, we're doing good having some of your beer. So we got a good day going here. Oh, it's good.
5: What are we? What are you drinking right now?
2: Well, we just poured some twentieth anniversary, so we'll get into that one in a little bit. So, but we, we've right. had we've had some tart nouveau, and uh, we start we start with the jester's choice, some of the Oktoberfest, which we both like, and we're not uh, Oktoberfest fans. So, well done.
5: Yeah, I think uh, it turned out really well.
2: Yeah, it's nice and dry, and and like nice, little herbal quality too, which is good.
5: Yeah, yeah. You know, my uh, my title's actually changed this year. I'm now brewmaster. Our new uh, head brewery actually came up with that recipe.
2: Oh, oh, nice. Oh, nice. All right, so let's just jump back a little bit now. When did you first start at Weyerbacher?
5: 2004. So it's been uh, almost 12 years.
2: So now, where were you at prior to, to joining up everything at Weyerbacher?
5: I was at a brewery in Southern California called Bayhawk. Oh, wow. Okay. Bayhawk Hills in Irvine.
2: So were you, are you from out in the California region then, moved out here, or?
5: No, no, no. I'm actually from South Carolina, and uh, I went out to California with my uh, uh, then-girlfriend, now wife. So uh, she got into school out there, and, uh, you know, opportunities opened up for working at a brewery, and we went from there. So what got you into
2: this in the first place? Got you into brewing and craft beer in general? Was it a gateway beer, or was it having
5: someone's homebrew? Um. Really, I would say unemployment would be the. uh, (laughs) That is the the defining
3: uh, factor for all means to an end, baby.
5: (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I had a general, you know, love of beer. Uh, It wasn't one beer in particular, but you know, it was. I was. I have a degree in physics, and I was doing some, you know, in that field. And uh, the tech crash, you know, that happened around, say, '99, and I was laid off. Couldn't find a job anywhere, and. California unemployment's got to be the worst in the country. Uh, so, uh, you know, getting $7 an hour actually was a bit of an upgrade. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, started out, you know, doing kegs and worked my way up from there.
2: So, did you have any brewing experience prior to it starting out there at that level, or was it just kind of you learned as you went?
5: Learned as I went along. Yeah. I had never worked in a brewery before. I really had limited uh, homebrew experience, uh, but. You know, they were a brewery that uh, had a reputation of, you know, bringing people on, and uh, you know, you then spread your wings, and there'd be brewers from you know all over the neighboring, you know, towns that uh, their brewers came from Bayhawk. So it's it not was home. a good place to start and get some experience.
2: How long were you there before you you made your way over
5: to Um, uh, Let's see, probably all combined. Uh, like two and a half or three years, I actually uh, took the time to go to UC Davis while I was out there. So it was a big gap, okay. and then I went back and worked at uh, at Bayhawk a little while before we, uh, my wife and I, moved out how does uh, guy, back east.
3: How does a guy from Southern California hear about Wirebacker Brewing in that in the early two thousands?
5: Um, I think it goes back to uh, you know the community of of brewing. So I, I just made a list of all the breweries in the area and started calling them and seeing if they had openings and sending uh you know resume packets this is you know a decade ago so you know you have to actually mail things <laughs> uh, and uh i ended up calling i got a call back from uh uh jeff fegley at uh fegley's oh. brewworks which is in uh bethlehem mm-hmm. and he he said uh you know i don't have a job for you but I uh, i hear uh has a new opening you should call them so uh you know, the rest is history. Sent so my resume in, gave him a call, and I was uh, interviewed within uh, a month or so and, and started out in February of 2004.
2: Now, when you started, did you start right in as a brewer, or were you still kind of in the house? Um,
5: yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, I started uh, brewing on, uh, uh, now this is two brew houses ago. Uh, oh. and But, you know, at that point, there were three employees other than me, including Dan, the owner. Oh. So you, you have to do a little bit of everything. So kegging, bottling, filtering. Chief bottle washer. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so when you started, like, what what were the core offerings that were going on at Weyerbacher? Because, I mean, just from that timeline, you, us on the outside, there's a noticeable difference in from when you started there to where the, the line has gone for the brewery. So what was kind of the core offerings happening at that time when you first like, came on board?
5: Yeah, well, the funny thing is, there's a couple that have you know stood the test of time, and that would be Mary Monks and Bothering Idiot the barley wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two are still uh, two of our best-selling beers, actually. Um, but then there's some uh, some uh, let's see some oldies but goodies, uh, Raspberry Imperial Stout, which really uh, put Weyerbacher on the map a little bit with some of the, you know, the beer geeks because it was something that hadn't been really done at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're still making ESB. Scotch Ale, Pale Ale, um, you know, a lot of beers like that, which have were very soon after that, so wh- you know, retired.
2: What was kind of your, uh, I don't know, specialty? I guess when, when you were started getting into brewing, was there a style that you kind of gravitated towards that you really enjoyed doing that you brought over to Weyerbacher to just kind of start working with them, putting recipes together?
5: Yeah, I can't, yeah, you know, can't, can't say I had a particular style that I was very, you know, good at. I think. Um, you know, got some general experience. I really had what I liked, you know, Belgian ales, uh, were kind of, um, you know, saisons, triples, things like that were really what I gravitated toward as a drinker. And, you know, that kind of fit well with what Weyerbacher was doing at the time. Um, a triple quad and, you know, a double at the time too, I think.
3: Hey, Cause their, their flag, their first beer was Mary Monks, right? That's what, uh, that's what their, their original first beer, correct?
5: Um, not the first beer they ever made. No, they when the company started before me, they were they did a lot of i will say traditional English styles. Um, you know, fitting for a company with a German name. You know, uh, all <laughs> pale ale, uh, you know, ESB and things like that. And then Merry Monks came later, uh, as did uh, uh, Idiot, the barley wine, And those are the beers that really defined where we are today. You know, that we went from. Yeah, more mundane styles to, uh, you know, the beers that the big bold flavor beers that define who we are.
2: So now you said you're in the third brew house now. So how long after you came on board did they, did you get thrown into a new, another brew house? Um, uh, one year. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, everything you learned, let's <laughs> change that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, what, was that like a huge, what, what was the kind of step up in that size?
5: uh well the the old system i uh, would you could probably call a 10 barrel system uh and that's now and still in used use in production out at sprague farms i think out in western pa uh and then we got our brew house at the time from victory that's uh, a 20 barrel system uh so we doubled in size but even better than that you know the quality of the beer was so much better you know there the system we had was yeah, you know, let's say not great for doing, you know, big beers, you know, we really had to push the system together, you know, to the limits to get those beers out. Uh, you know, and it made some inconsistencies and, uh, gravities and then flavors. So this new one, you know, it was a German style system, uh, you know, coming from victory of course. Um, and that really allowed us to, um, you know get the quality of the beer so much more uh consistent and better really the flavor of the beers were so much cleaner just from getting that brew house it was fantastic addition for us
2: Did, did that now change as you were able to then know that you had a more consistent uh system did that start to change the beers that you were brewing and like take out maybe some of the other ones that that weren't working maybe as well in the new system and replacing them with newer beers
5: yeah, I mean, I think the course of the company really defined which beers we went with, um, and you know, not necessarily the brew house. The brew house just made everything better. Yeah. So our, um, you know, hops infusion was our IPA at the time. It really cleaned it up. You know, it was a lot of these off flavors. You know, you don't even notice that they're really off flavors, but you know, it would be like house character mm-hmm. because the beer would always have this, you know, grainy character about it. Just from the way we're pushing the mash down, doing very thick mashes trying to get high play doh worts out.
2: That, so, that's the uh, the term that you can use to cover all manner of sins is the house character.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well I, I I was into England, I heard that a few times. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so now you, you now have another new brew house which is what, forty barrels? Is that am I correct?
5: Yeah, it's uh forty barrel uh J V Northwest system. So it's um just you know even it just takes it a step further so every time you get a little bit better equipment you get a little bit better at you know consistency and making the beer taste a little bit cleaner every time
2: so is there been a bigger is it much of a transition from the one you were on to the new one or are you kind of more acclimated now to are they
5: similar in in the way you're doing everything these and they're both german style systems so they have you know there's a lot of similarities um, but to say it was easy would be a, a really gigantic lie. <laughs> we worked very hard for months and months uh, to really learn all the different little idiosyncrasies, you know, of a new brew house. And there's, we added a new mill, and I can't tell you how much changing the mill actually changes the way you have to brew. So every single beer, we had to relearn wow. how to brew.
3: So from the 20-barrel to the 40-barrel, what what years was that? You said 20 was around, like, uh, 06?
5: Yep. yep. And, uh, uh, and we, we got that system in 05, actually.
3: In and, and the
5: 40? 40... Uh, just came online in February. February, Okay.
2: Wow. So now the one thing that impressed me too, taking a walk around there, looking at everything was, was the size of the brew house that you guys are working in, the sheer volume of, of beer that you're putting out. Like, does, does that limit you sometimes on like maybe like a style that you want to do? I mean, I know you guys are getting more and more into barrel aging, but is that kind of limited? Cause I mean, you, you're really a prices, uh, the, the, the premium on the size
5: there with everything you have. Um, yeah, I don't think we're limited at all. Um, you know, it's we're we're going to put a pilot system in in the next few months, and that's going to allow us to do like four barrel batches. But right. up until then, you know, we will we haven't had a uh, a way of doing a small batch of beer. So our trial batches full size wow. every time. Uh, you know, that, that's commitment. <laughs> it, just, it just makes us do it. Makes us do our homework. Yeah,
3: sweat a little,
2: maybe. <laughs> on our lot. So now, as far as the distribution for the brewery, like where where can people find your beers out there outside of Pennsylvania?
5: Uh, we're in uh, the entire east coast, so Maine to Florida. Uh, then we go in the upper Midwest uh, states, uh, Ohio, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Uh, we just added Michigan uh, this year in 20, 2015. Uh, and uh, I probably left out a few. Nebraska. Uh, of course, I don't know if I said Ohio, but... Ohio, <laughs> yeah. we'll say <see> Yeah.
2: <laughs> so now, what, how much are you guys putting out of the brew house as far as volume each year?
5: Uh, we're uh, right at 20,000 barrels right now. Wow. Uh, and considering when I started, uh, I, couldn't, I can't really figure it out exactly, but I want to say we were about uh, 2,300, 2,500 barrels um, in two thousand four. Uh, 2004 when I started.
2: Now when you, this is kind of just a weird question i thinking, being on the inside and seeing that, do you even really notice that that slow climb or does it seem more dramatic to you as a brewer on the inside or do you see it as a small climb or just something that's just like, holy crap, we're doing
5: this? Um, yeah, I think it was very slow from say that 2,000 barrel mark to say 8,000 barrels. And then it just starts, like, compounding on itself. I think there's, like, a sweet spot, right about nine or 10,000 barrels, where really people start noticing who you are. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they make one of your beers a go-to beer. Uh, bars start recognizing you more and keeping you on tap. And then it just ramped up. That was a quick ascent from, say, eight to 14,000 barrels. Wow. So, no, and then it... Whoa, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, you go
2: ahead. Um, one thing I was going to ask, too, like the one beer you guys did last year, Sunday Morning Stout, like that really, I don't know if you guys even realized it at the time when you released it, how much that blew up. Um, did you guys even foresee that as a possibility of becoming this like now much anticipated beer for you?
5: No, um, I would say definitely not. I mean, we we knew it was good uh, because, you know, we, had, we did it in the house uh, in a very small batch. Uh, just tried it out i mean we're talking you know 10 sixels or all we got out of it and uh we're like oh my god that's really good and then we did it again for philly beer week in 2014 uh just you know gave, gave it out to key accounts and you know the feedback was just tremendous so we knew it was going to be good but we didn't know it would have that kind of you know a little bit of a, a cult following it's a, it's um you know, too early to say. I guess you know, years from now, what's going to be. Yeah, but you know, it's it's going well. So we're gonna we're gonna accept it as it is.
3: Now, um, I li- actually lived in Easton from like uh, '02 to like 2009, and that's pretty much when you came in there and started um went from brewer to head brewer. Mm-hmm. Did you have a big hand in like because there was a change in the beer? I could, uh, as far as I could tell. Did you have a hand in changing a lot of recipes or, or changing things from, like, just a beer standpoint, or is it just my imagination?
5: No, no. Uh, yeah, definitely had a hand in changing it. You know, it's um, part of it, you know, like I mentioned, the brew house. So, not I, can't, I, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't take all the credit for that. But we did go in and try to, you know, make, you know, incremental changes to make it better, whether that's, you know, taking out a little crystal ball and cleaning the beer up a little bit, letting hop shine in the IPAs. Or, you know, just mash temp and making sure we get it, you know, the right, you know, final gravity. You know, little tweaks like that, changing hops and, you know, different beers. And, you know, you know Mary Monks, I can remember we, we were using, you know, Styrian Goldings for, for a bittering hop, so it's very low alpha. So we're having to put so much in, it end up getting like a little bit of a vegetable flavor. And, you know, just simply going in and putting a, a higher alpha hop in for, bittering, you know, clean that beer up, you know, just just another little notch, you know, up in quality. So,
3: so, so subtle tweaks here and there make a huge difference kind of deal. Yeah. And my mm-hmm. my biggest question I have in this whole show is going to be like, who made your 16th anniversary and where can I buy it all now because I need it in my life? Because <laughs> that it that just blew my doors off.
5: Um, well, that was um, my recipe, but I actually have to give the credit for the idea to, uh, Dan Hitchcock, who's now the uh, founder and owner of Rushing Duck up oh, in
3: uh, yeah, we're familiar with New, New York. York. We go up there a lot. We, yeah, we go up there decently because it's not far from us.
5: Oh, yeah, so uh, he's uh, one of our alumnines doing uh, doing really well up there, and uh, is at West. Not Westchester West Orange, or something like that. Yeah, yeah
3: Orange, New York. Yeah, yeah. Orange, yeah. yeah, Warwick, Orange, New York. Yeah, you should totally bring that one back because I need that in my life again, man. Because I <laughs> hoarded it, but I drank <laughs> it all. So,
5: <laughs> well, we got it. We had a gold medal for that too, so we're wow. we're pretty excited about that beer.
3: So one of the other things that you guys
2: are doing, unfortunately, uh, we don't have any with us, but I want to talk to you about the the new double IPA thing that you guys are doing. Uh, can mm-hmm. you explain that a little bit? Like, what what's the kind of the, the idea behind that?
5: Well, it's it kind of comes out of the um, you know, the consumer demand for something different all the time. Uh, and, you know, just to make sure we're staying and, you know, staying creative and making something that the consumer is looking for. So the idea is that uh, we'll make four uh, IPAs in a given year. So two double IPAs, which will be released uh, in the winter and, or sorry, uh, fall and then the winter. And then a uh, spring and summer release will be single IPAs. Okay. So just gives an opportunity just to try, you know, crazy combinations of hops. So the first one, uh, very fruity. Second one that's going to come out in January is going to have uh, uh, all Southern Hemisphere hops. So a couple of New Zealand and one Australian hop.
2: So it's a way for you to just kind of play around with
5: the new hops, too, that are coming out there to yep. see what they're doing. Exactly. Perfect. And there are tons. And, you know, we want to have, you know, the new Simcoe. You know, Simcoe blew up yeah. and then we used it in double Simcoe. Uh, so we want to. Yeah, you know, get the new experimental hop if we can, and you know, make a new double IPA with that.
2: So now, what we have in our glass is the twentieth anniversary, which is absolutely phenomenal. Like, what, what was kind of the thinking behind putting this recipe
5: together? Well, we, you know, it comes from you know going out there and drinking. Yeah, you know, I won't say this beer. <laughs> uh, I won't say this beer is a for Ten clone by any means, but inspiration came from that beer because it's so. Yeah, so subtly Belgian. Uh, mm-hmm. So we use the Roquefort yeast in that beer. Um, and then it's, you know, mildly spiced. So a lot of big Belgians, you know, have, many of them have too much spice, I would say. But, you know, for this one, we wanted it to be, you know, kind of hard to find what the spices are.
3: Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, um, uh, Goudin, Carlos, like their anise. They like to use a lot of anise in their beers. And it seems like mm-hmm. this one kind of showcases that
5: yeah and I think most of that flavor actually comes from the yeast. Um, there is so little star anise in it that you know if we didn't put it on a label i would I want to say that you couldn't you wouldn't say, hey, that's that's star anise yeah um, and you know the coriander I think comes out a little bit um, you know, orangey flavor, but you know it's still both of them are very small uh, additions uh, that we really just want to play an accent role to that that natural flavor that wrote uh, yeast gives. Yeah,
2: it's, and it's super, I mean, for 11%, I mean, this is super easy drinking, too, which is a uh, huge. It's a great compliment, and uh, also a very dangerous, stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a phenomenal beer. And Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, bud. Uh, we have a couple more beers we're going to work through after the break and everything. But I really appreciate you us time to chat with you about all these great things you guys are doing. And congratulations on everything, man. You guys are really expanded and doing some really cool things. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem, brother. Cheers. Have a great weekend. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. So another brewer with a ton of knowledge. is an impressive background, too, to to hear that the transition from just, what the heck, I'll try this. I'm and unemployed. Then, Let's
3: go work at a brewery. Yeah, and now brewmaster. Like in California in, like, 2000, which means there's no—internet the didn't exist back then. How did you get to Pennsylvania? No, you had to
2: dial up. You had to, you had to do the old dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we go to break, though, we have a giveaway this week from Weyerbacher. Uh, again, it's some nice little glassware bottle opener— a hat for when it eventually gets cold out there. You can have a nice yeah. little winter hat to wear. Uh, but until then, it'll just be a nice fashionable thing. But uh, if you want to give us a call, it's a great gift. If you want to give it to a beer lover, uh, we'll do a caller number three. Let's do a three this week. Uh, the number to call for this is 570-883-0098. 570-883-0098. Caller number three, we'll get a nice Wirebrocker prize package for
1: you. But uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back here at WLK Beer Geeks. Few things matter more than convenience especially for seniors looking for easier living with all the convenience of downtown here are two opportunities for you designed for seniors and the disabled you'll be happy to call home one of these living spaces close to shopping restaurants social activity and places of worship Washington Square Apartments is a high-rise in the heart of Wilkesbury at 163 South Washington Street it offers reduced rent and cable TV costs with all utilities included. The Courtright Cottages on Courtright Street offers two-bedroom, two-bath apartments for rent to seniors 62 and over. This is Wilkes-Barre's newest neighborhood. All units are carpeted and offer free parking in a one-car garage. Find out more about this equal-opportunity housing today. Downtown Living at 823-0127, 823 823- 0127. Hi, I'm Dr. Andrew Taylor. I'm the owner of Taylor Family Dental in Clark Summit. I am a fourth-generation dentist. My family has served the dental needs of
5: northeastern Pennsylvania since 1893, making my practice one of the longest standing in the state. We have a proud tradition of caring for the needs of our patients. Along with Dr. Alden Lurie, we provide all types of family dentistry, from orthodontics to cosmetic services. Our goal is to deliver the highest-quality dental services using the latest techniques in a comfortable setting. Call Taylor Family Dental today,
4: 570-586. 9717. If your credit card debt is out of control, if you're in over your head dealing with monthly payments, there's a powerful secret that credit card companies don't want you to know. If you have more than $5,000 in credit card debt, you have the right to settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. That's bad news for credit card companies, but it's great news for you. We're debt relief advocates, and we're offering you free information on how to virtually eliminate your credit card debt and make your monthly payment affordable. To see how much you could save, call now, 1-800-710-5537. Don't declare bankruptcy. Give us 10 minutes and we could save you thousands. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. Find out how easy it is by calling now. For the secret that credit card companies don't want you to know, call Debt Relief Advocates now and see how much money you could save for free. 1-800-710-5537. That's 1-800-710-5537. 1-800-710-5537. There's a special place where people look for your company, where hundreds of people seek your services. A place where plans are made,
2: where wishes are granted. A place where your business can thrive. The Northeast PA Bridal Show at the Scranton Cultural Center on Sunday, January 10th from noon to 4. Call Jill at 883-1111 for more information. That's 883-1111. The Northeast PA Bridal Show January 10th at the Scranton cultural
1: center the holidays are when we most appreciate our family and good friends hi this is michael kelly and i would like to wish you and yours the very best this holiday season merry christmas and happy new year from personal home health care where we thank you for your trust and support personal home health care where it's the personal detail that sets us apart Holidays are when we most appreciate our family and good friends. Hi, this is Michael Kelly, and I would like to wish you and yours the very best this holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Personal Home Healthcare, where we thank you for your trust and support. Personal Home Healthcare, where it's the personal detail that sets us apart.
3: Continuum void. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs>
2: the joys. If you could only hear the the fun singing that goes on off the air. Yeah, Derek's got a um, a voice. <laughs> we'll oh, just call it that. Yep, that's what it is. I got a voice. <laughs> we will leave it at that. Uh, no, it was a great interview with Chris. I mean, it's an impressive background to see that too from someone going, which is just further proof. You know, we we talk about it on here all the time. You know. It, some people, when they're not really into craft beer right away, but they're trying to, can feel a little left out when they get around people that are, I don't know, using the lingo, if you will, even though it's not super involved. But, I mean, if you're not familiar with some of the terms, you can kind of be off-putting and, and you don't really know what to get into. But, really, if you're just hang around things long enough, like, you could pick it up. Like, you can go from going in and washing barrels to all of a sudden brewmaster of a brewery. Like, in not that long a time,
3: realistically. You have a lot of people sit out there and kind of complain about, like, not being able to do what they want to do. Uh, yeah. But it still shows you that you, if you want it, go get it. You know what I mean? That's because that's literally yeah. what it did, hey. Yeah. And from nowhere, be like, okay, what is it, physics? <laughs> graduate? Yeah, the, the physics, background, physics background. And then
2: just kind of fell Let's into doing this because
3: it was either this or just sit around and
2: collect. And he decided, you know what, I'm going to go and do something. And next thing you know, he just got this passion for it, and now he's making incredible beer and, like, the, this brewery, like, Wirebocker, if you're not familiar, if you're not in an area where they're distributed, uh, you can find them. They're, they have a good footprint. If you go on their website, wirebocker.com, and I should probably spell that because... That is not an easy one to it's figure out. It's W
3: E Yerbacher. That's how you spell it. <laughs>
2: we need a George here for that one. That's, that's an inside joke with George. If yeah. you're. A, uh, but it's W E Y E R B A C H E R.com. Just head on their website and you can find right on the homepage. It has their distribution footprint for everything. And you can find some of their great beers and they have some really good ones going. And uh, right now we have cracked open their seasonal. This is their winter seasonal. It's just straight up easy to remember name Winter Ale. There you go, no not pull any punches on that yeah you 're not going to be confused and, uh, with anything else uh, but it's it 's a nice English brown multi character you know just a, a traditional English brown a little thinner lighter, but i mean it 's a really falls in line with the whole winter thing that 's not cause, i mean. A lot of winter beers go really big, which, you know, that's kind of how I go with winter. I get into bigger stouts and everything. But it's nice to have this as like a little transitional.
3: Somewhere between a brown ale and a winter warmer. Somewhere Mm -hmm. in that kind of. You get a little bit of spiciness going on, but nothing too crazy. You can crush a bunch of them. Yeah, it's, it's relatively
2: low ABV. I'm trying to, to get that to pull up now so I can see what the ABV is because I don't have the bottle in front of me. And I, I, 5.6. I, yeah, there you go. See, I'm I'm dumb and I don't remember to cue things up sometimes for myself, and then I uh, watch myself struggle. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's a, it's a really easy drink and beer. I mean, that's one thing that's cool with the Weyerbacher, everything they're doing. Some really great beers, but all super approachable. I mean, we the, the last one we had, the 20th anniversary, it was 11% ABV.
3: You would not know that. No, we went from that to this 5.6, yeah. and the transition wasn't that big. Yeah. Not that the 20th doesn't have bolder, bigger flavors. It does, but it drinks just as easy. Yeah,
2: and that's what you want with a lot of these beers, even as they're bigger ones. Like You want to have that easy drinking quality, and that's definitely something they have. And it's also a great brewery, you know, going down yesterday to visit. That was my first time down at the brewery unfortunately because of life I don't get to visit a lot of these places as much as I'd like to and uh, I finally got down there yesterday and it's a really nice they just opened up a new tap room too which is perfect like you walk in there's just taps galore and if you are a fan of Weyerbacher I mean you can get anything down there and just have so many great beers and just hang out for the day and you can see the whole brewery you can take a tour of the brewery right there just from the tap room and see what's going on and it's just an impressive little setup to be able to have the amount of volume that they're putting out of there when you walk around the brewery it's just an impressive thing and it always amazes me to see some of these breweries with what they're working with, what they're able to do is just incredible to me because I don't know, maybe it's in my stupid spoiled mind. I'm thinking of how layouts and everything should be and it's like, holy crap, they make this work so good and they
3: have room to expand in it too. Yeah, I mean like, uh, Weyerbacher, much seen as like Cain and other places, it, their tap room is essentially in their brewery. So you're yeah. when you're drinking, you're kind of looking out and about at, at the equipment and stuff like that. I, last time I was at Weyerbacher, I didn't go with you guys yesterday, but last time I was there, you're pretty much drinking at the bar and there's a sign next to the bar that says, Line starts here for a tour. And yeah. and, and, and But when you start the tour, you're already in the brewery. So you kind of feel like you're part of the brewery while you're in there in the tap room, which is really yeah. cool. And then we just poured uh, another
2: one from them. This is one, that, as Chris was saying, this is a long-standing one from This is their Mary Monks Belgian Triple. This is probably the beer that I'm trying to remember. It was either this or the pumpkin was one of the first Weyerbacher beers that I had that kind of got me into it. But I know this was the beer that that completely won me over with them was the first time I had. This is a really solid Belgian triple, 9.3% ABV, super, super easy drinking, like subtle. It's this this really wonderful spice where you get some notes of spice or uh, yeast with the notes of spice in there and some banana, a little bit of pear even going on. It's just this really nice fruity characteristic, but it's not... I'm always hesitant to use that because if you're not familiar with a lot of things, like, it, saying fruity characteristic, you think fruit beer. That's what I would think. No. But it's not,
3: it's not a fruit beer at all. It just has subtle backing notes of this wonderful fresh fruit quality. Yeah, a lot of banana, a lot of clove, just a, a, a straight up front Belgian yeast-driven beer. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Like, um, we were kind of talking with Chris. Like, well, I used to live in Easton, and their beers, I mean, uh, they have changed so much. Since they've gotten new equipment and he's gotten there to the point where they kind of always kind of flown under the radar. Everybody kind of takes it for granted because they're yeah. here and they're close and you can pick them up whenever you want. And they've been just kind of on the tipping point. But then like you mentioned with them coming out with Sunday morning stout now, boom, they've yeah. kind of flipped to this other side to where people are like starting to pay way more attention to them. And yeah. they've just always been there, but just people have taken them for granted and they're one of the better breweries that comes out, not just regionally, but in this tri-state northeastern area.
2: Yeah, there, there's so much going on with them now that they've really taken off. And that's what you know when it, when you're in an area, whether it be you know Pennsylvania, whether it be Ohio, California, whatever is. A lot of times you tend to overlook the brewery in your own backyard because of the, you just see the the breadth of. The beers that they have available on your shelves at all times. And we tend to just keep looking for the new thing, the new thing, whatever that is. And you get, you kind of get blinders to stuff that's like, you know what? Just because it's in your back own backyard, it doesn't mean like just because you didn't ha- like you should try all of those before anything else, because sometimes you're really overlooking some absolutely incredible beers. Just because they're there all the time
3: doesn't mean
2: they're any less good than in the stuff that only comes in once a month or whatever.
3: And and just to look at the versatility of them, too, like you alluded to, like if you go to their their website or you go to Beer African and you look, it's, you know imperial style barrel aids and you go to a Belgian dark then you go to a barley wine then you go to a double IPA then you go to a sour then you go to a wild ale I mean they're not just resting on one style they're killing it across the board yeah and
2: that's what's and it's great to see that everything that happened with with Sunday morning style for them, how it took off and has become this now it's going to be interesting. I think the release is in February, I believe is the release uh yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how that is because of having when you're not used to having this kind of like huge demand, like people waiting for it, and you know we see that with with what happened we were talking earlier about with Kane, and then you have this thing come out it's just going to be interesting to see all right, this is the first go at it. How are we going to
3: yeah, handle this? I'm curious to see what happens because even last year, like they they said, um, they weren't really sure how it was going to take off. Yeah. So it actually needed a little bit of traction before it got its momentum to the point where my brother-in-law like drives past a brewery to go to his work. He was picking up Sunday morning stout cases for me a month or two after release but then once you get about 3-4 months later then boom everything's yeah. gone it's disappeared now everybody wants it so this year coming in everybody knowing what it is mm-hmm. will, it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah
2: I mean, they, they have so many great beers. And, like, I, I love, like I was saying earlier, like, I love Mary Monks. It's still a great one to have in the fridge. And to me, like, having this, this is one of the perfect beers to have around this time of year, too. It just seems so fitting. I mean, it's available year-round from them, but it's, it seems so fitting with the holiday season, with everything. You can just kind of sit down after night of wrapping presents with some, uh, trying to think of some Nat King coal going on
3: there. <laughs> um, I might go a little buble on
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, now we're getting super fancy. <laughs> and just kind of sit down and relax. This goes well with a lot of like really rich holiday foods too which is really nice but it's still really easy drinking, super approachable for anybody. I mean, whether you're just getting into craft beer or not, this is a super approachable beer and if you love Belgian beers and you haven't tried Mary Monks, you're doing yourself a disservice. We'll just
3: put it that way. That, and the funny thing is like, I mean, one of the bigger things that is out there in the beer world as of late is uh, barrel-age stuff. And they've been barrel-aging their barley wine and their stout for so long. Do you know what I mean? Their insanity is probably one of the e- more easily drinkable barrel-aged barley wines out there, but everybody t- doesn't, they're like, oh, it's insanity. No, you have a yep. barrel-aged barley wine that's yeah. been around for, whatever, 10 years. That's absolutely
2: fantastic. Yeah. And also, too, I want to mention, uh, they actually do sell their barrels, too, if you want to go down there. You they just sold them bar- this weekend, I think. Yeah. They, they you, you could actually them. pick up, like, some barrels from them and everything, too, so if you are a home brewer looking to get into that, you can get some barrels from them that have been used for some of these bigger beers. Um, and speaking of the bigger beers, we just poured our final one. This is Quad from Weyerbacher, uh, obviously. 11.8% Quadruple. Uh, Now this gets really big, really quickly. Uh, Now (laughs) this is kind of one of those beers that'll sneak up on you. uh, As we get into the Belgian beers, as we had on here before over the years, you know the quads are like the the big boys of it all and have like a big punch to it. You know, eleven point eight percent is not something to kind of just laugh at. I guess we'll say. I mean. Um, But it's definitely one you want to sip on But it's also nice to let this warm up a little bit I've had this kind of getting a little closer to room temperature As it goes um, But just really opens up a lot And this is a, I believe it's just a winter seasonal For them, I think that's how they have this one set up Um, But I mean, it's just like a really Solid, easy drinking beer Despite that big ABV Which is really key with a lot of these things Like that's what you want You want to have, no matter how big it is
3: Or or whatever, you don't want to get unbalanced It's It's Belgian. And I, I, yeah. I, everybody's like, duh. No, it's there's so many American breweries that try to make Belgian they make beers. They, yeah. they just don't come off as, as as authentic Belgian style beers and but this does. It's just it's it's a meal in a glass. It's bready. It's it's plummy, It's dark fruits. It's all you want in a in a quad. This is definitely one to kind of get
2: and kind of unwind after after a day and just kind of sit and relax. It's also going to age if you want to get into that. We've talked about that before. Getting this and hanging on to it for a few years, you'll just see those like red
3: fruits start to come more and just like really open up and be a really super delicious juicy beer. That's what I, one of my uh, they change their. Labeling, I think in two thousand and twelve, I think is when they changed pretty much yeah. their whole line of beers. And I love it when breweries that have beers like this change their labels because, like, I'll be walking through a bottle shop and all of a sudden I'll say the old school yeah. quad label. Yes, yeah. So it's like you already know it's pre age. <laughs> yeah, some <I'm laughs> pre age baby run over and grab it. Yeah, it's absolutely a, a fantastic. I think I had like a, a couple last year. I had like a eight year old bottle and yeah. it was just absolutely are yeah, great. Fantastic. And, and it's actually
2: a beer that it, it's really good, fresh, but at a year after is when it really starts to get perfect like you want to have at least a year on it which maybe if you're not used to this hearing that about beer is a little weird (laughs) to you Um, but that's that's how some of these bigger beers are like you let them age out and it just kind of takes off because sometimes when you get into the bigger ABVs like you get a little bit of alcohol heat which kind of is off-putting for a beer and you let it age a little bit and that drops out and it just becomes so smooth and so drinkable.
3: A lot of people don't realize that a lot a lot of their Belgian beers they're drinking are already aged because by the time they make them get them, send them over here and whoever ships them out and then gets yeah. into the trip and gets over here. Usually it's a year or two before least, you see yeah. them. So that's kind of how I think that's they are so yeah, no, yeah That's why
2: they're so good right away. Yeah. It's like, well, they already had that put on them. So, yeah. um, but one thing, I too, I want to mention uh, about Backyard, since Billy's not here to plug this, next Sunday, the 20th at the Backyard alehouse, House, they're going to be having their third annual Jingle Ball and Shots with Santa which is always a fun, fun event.
3: Santa knows how to throw them back, so, so you, prepare you, uh, yourself.
2: You don't want to hit that, head over <laughs> that one for that, because uh, there's just so much going on, and, and the holiday season and everything. And you want to go to a place that has good beer to celebrate, and Backyard is definitely one of the best. So next Sunday, December 20th, head over to Backyard Ale House. Uh and Next week on our show, December 20th, we'll be here. Uh, we're going to be doing our super holiday special Extravaganza. whatever. Extravaganza. Yeah, I don't, we'll just throw a bunch. I'm going to make up a whole bunch of descriptors yeah. for this. Uh, but we're going to do that next week, have a lot of really great holidays. Holiday beers. We're going to be joined by Nick Steven from Northern Brewer, working through some homebrew stuff for your beer lover. And we're going to have a huge, I'm going to have a huge package for you next week. I'll just put it that way. Derek and his huge package. I'm going to have a huge package for you next week <laughs> to give for the holidays. <laughs> so we will be back next week here at WILK, the Beer Geeks. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, everybody.